0: The pals, this is pals, your professionals and animal lovers show. I am one of the hosts here. My name is Tommy Demetsa, the nonprofit sector connector. My friend, my pal, my comrade. I wanted to say pal last. My comrade, my friend, my pal, Val Hefron. What's up, kid? How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm rocking and rolling. We have Aaron here with us and we're gonna get into this conversation very, very quickly. Because as I said last week, I know why you're here. You're here for the same reason I'm here to learn about how we can help animals. What is pals? What is this show all about? Well, the professionals and animal lovers show, like most things came out of an idea. It came out of a phone conversation that Valerie and I had probably over the summer. And I was talking about my show philanthropy and focus. And I said, Val, um, I'm having so much fun. I'm doing the show. And she said, I want to do a show again. I said, so, okay, so let's do one. And that's how it started. Just like that. Not, not, not much more pomp and circumstance than that. And that is really the genesis. And, And it's been an awful, awful fun ride, like right away. I hear dogs barking. I don't know if that's on your side or or, or outside my house, but is Jovi around?
1: Not right now. He's
0: out. It's not Jovi. So it's not Jovi. All right. That's
1: the universe giving you a
0: hint. It's giving me a hint, and I don't know what the railroad means when the railroad comes by. every <laughs> 30 minutes giving me a hint. I don't know if that's telling me I should be working for the railroad. So look, this is <laughs> Professionals and Animal Lover Show. Valerie and I came up with this idea together. She said we should have a show, or, or she said, I want to have a show again. I said, why don't we just do one? And then now this is uh, eight weeks into this this new series. And here's what we want to tell you. We're here to amplify the message that the bond between business people and organizations Who do work in the animal advocacy world is a very strong bond. We believe that those people who are passionate about animals want to conduct business and look out for each other and collaborate with each other. And that's what we're going to do is continue to create a community. And this show is really just the beginning of this platform where we'll be doing events and we'll be getting people together, whether they be virtual or in person, and we'll figure all that out Um, where what I believe is this, I'm here to learn. I don't know much about this space. Valerie knows a lot more, but she tells me she's here to learn too. And I know if you're checking in with us, that's why you're here. We're certainly building up some steam. And without further ado, let me just get into this. Val, you want to, oh, there is one other thing. This show is brought to you by uh, Work Be Done and Philanthropy in Focus. And I think we have a new sponsor to mention. Isn't that right, Valerie? We have a
1: brand new sponsor, very exciting um, our web development team, who are, are comprised of also animal lovers, um, they've decided to sponsor us and their name is V Sky Solutions. That, that's V as in Victory Sky Solutions. And they can do everything and anything that you can envision um, digital, digitally wise websites. Um, they are extremely talented. You're working with a huge team of people. So if someone calls them sick, And you need SEO, you still have a whole SEO team, you know, and the same thing goes with coders and graphic designers. So anyway, I can't say enough good things about them. And um, thank you for sponsoring us so much, V-Sky.
0: Yes, thank you, V-Sky. Thanks for becoming part of the Palace family. And one thing I will say is... You know, my company, Philanthropy and Focus, is really focused on the nonprofit sector. And Work Be Done is putting the, the right professional in the right opportunity. It's a, it's a gig economy business that Valerie uh, has started. And you give 10% value. Tell me what you give back to, uh, to um, charities and nonprofits and rescues. 10% of
1: net. Yep. 10% of net profits go to reputable rescues. As well as animal advocacy groups and um, other great, you know, uh, charitable uh, efforts on behalf of the animals. Right. That's Save Manatees on my radar.
0: Say that one more time. What's on your radar?
1: Save the Manatees.
0: <laughs> Save the Manatees. Mm-hmm. All right. Well... Yeah. This is, this, I don't know much about manatees, so that sounds like it's exactly right for this show. So, we'll have them on. So let's, let's jump right in. Aaron Eton meyer is an author, research analyst, and an attorney. In addition to his legal practice, where he's focused on litigation and appellate work, he is a prolific writer on many subjects and advises on subjects, uh, including terrorism and international law. He received his undergrad degree from Manhattan's New School University uh, and he is also uh, has his law degree from Toro Law Center out here on Long Island. In his free time, he advocates on behalf of minorities within Iran and works on a number of issues affecting the Jewish community. He loves nothing more than digging into complicated issues, and I think, you know, you do a lot of litigation work too, right? So I guess that's that sort of goes right in that, in that space. So uh, why are you here on this show, people might ask, and it's because you're an animal lover and you're also – running for office here on Long Island for the, uh, Hempstead town council, fourth district, and you're passionate about animals and it's not, you know, I, I'm not going to, um, speak ill about anybody else, but sometimes politicians I've learned trade on this, that they're into the animals and they care about the animals and it's not always genuine, but because I guess it's a topic that can really pull in voters in your case, Aaron, this is something that you're passionate about in your personal life. Um, just tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us about you and the animals, and, and let's just dive into this conversation.
2: We want to just learn from you today. Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've caught the the earlier programs and and love them, and oh, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, yay. you can't be surprised. I mean, that's what I do. I, I didn't I, know that you
1: know. listen. I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. Um, so when yeah, when we're talking about animals, well, it's it's actually the exact opposite to politics right i hate politics never wanted to be involved love animals have always loved animals um you know we can go back to when i was a little kid my uncle adopted a stray dog who became the most wonderful dog anybody ever met um you could fast forward a few years to when i got my own cat who was uh as a kitten he was a, a stray he had been rescued he had been abused as a kitten. And, um, you know, at, at the animal hospital, they said, uh, you know, pick him up. He's friendly. Uh, he, and he, he wasn't friendly. He was he was scared out of his mind. And he latched on to me. And, uh, you know, I can say uh, over 14 years later, he's never really let go. Um, um, so, you know, when we talk about animals and we talk about uh, why they matter, you know, yeah, it's, it's a very deeply personal thing for me. And it really is. It's the opposite to politics.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: you know, and and if we're talking about um, you know Jewish issues as well, it is a tenet of Judaism that we're judged by how we treat animals in a very very real sense. Um, so, as a matter of, of just basic morality, I think that it's it's critical to treat yeah, animals so properly. To advocate,
1: I, I I also want to mention this. It's interesting because um, like I know, unfortunately, the the harsh truth is that not everyone is an animal lover, right? So um. That is such a core issue for me, obviously, but, um, cause like in the past, uh, there have been, um, people running for office who have claimed to be animal lovers. Um, and they won me over because of that. I don't really care. I'm not loyal to any party, but, um, some people will say, uh, you know, well, honestly, I don't really care. I don't really care about the animals. I don't really care about the cats, you know, whatever, um, so why should I care about this? And I my response is very simply because I think Ricky Gervais put it best when he said that if you don't have empathy for animals, you don't have empathy. Period. And so what people I hope begin to realize is that this doesn't this is it's not a single issue, you know what I'm saying, like the ability to have empathy for anyone who's struggling or treated unfairly or um, denied resources that they could have, small businesses, people with disabilities, minorities, anything. The ability to have empathy, I believe, is a key, key component in terms of who we should want to be governing.
2: Look, I, I certainly agree. Um, you know, when we're talking about a, a democratic system of government in particular, right, the whole point is, Everyone's supposed to be represented. Everyone's voice is supposed to be heard. The problem is the word supposed to is unfortunately the key part of that. And, you know, there's, and there's, there's another factor that comes into play too, because a lot of people have pets. And so they assume that that just, that's enough to give them understanding to give, to be animal lovers. And, you know, years ago when I joined um, Alley Cat Allies, and I became a part of their, their feral friends network, uh, where let's be honest, I, I'm very limited in what I can do as a lawyer. You know, the, the people, the vets that are part of that network and the people that are, you know, networking and arranging TNR, they're the ones that, that should really be you know, talked about. Uh, but just from doing that, I can tell you that there is a difference. You know, you see things very differently. Let's say you have a cat, you have a dog. We've had both, you know, so you understand, you understand your animal, right? So you have a generally favorable opinion of your cat, your dog, your hamster, you're goldfish. We have two of those, too. You know, and that that is good. That's very important. I don't want to belittle it. But that's not the same as actively wanting to go out there and learn about how you can help other animals, whether it's the feral cat population, whether it's stray dogs uh, or certain kinds of dogs, you know, like pit bull terriers who get a terrible rap. And all too many are, are into a, a horrible lifetime for that reason, which is, again, never their fault. Um, you know, you want to talk about reptiles, you want to talk about birds. It's the same thing. It's where does your empathy come from and how can you put it into action? That's really what it comes down to. And in that roundabout way, that's kind of why I'm running for office, despite myself. And I see you put that in the, uh, the headline and it's going to, it's going to sound cliche by the, by the election, but it's, that's the fact it's, is everybody represented? Is everything, is every being being treated properly? Mm the answer is no. And that's that's my motivation.
0: So is it fair to say, though, that, that and, and we've talked about this you know, leading up to the show, that you weren't necessarily looking to be a politician or go for political office? This is an issue that is is drawing you into the fight, so to speak. Is that is that right?
2: Very much so. I mean, you see all my books around me. Uh, I'm at my happiest when I'm surrounded by books or writing or uh, or, you know, spending time with my family or animals, let's be honest. Um, politics itself. Um, no, I think if anybody went back on my Facebook feed long enough, they'd find more sarcastic comments about that than anything else. <laughs> a sarcastic. guy. Um, but you know, when it comes down to it within the town of Hempstead in particular, and, and also on a larger scale, you know, seeing the limitations of national organizations and what they can do, the importance of local municipalities, and, and nonprofits who's doing what, who should be doing what, who can be doing what, you know, those are the kind of things that will get somebody like me to run because uh, otherwise, yeah. Oh God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think this is a good time to mention the, uh, the phrase, which, uh, I heard personally for the first time ever from, uh, Diane Madden, who's a constituent within the town. I met her at a protest. Um, and I really had no idea. This was just four and a half years ago. Um, the reason I'm stating this is because I think once other animal lovers will connect these dots, they might want to get more involved too. But the truth is that animal welfare is in fact, 100% political meaning it's, it's not necessarily a left or right issue at all, but it is a right or wrong issue. And in order to affect change, Laws have to be passed, and who passes those laws? So a great example um, you know, was just I believe last year or two years ago with memory serves, they passed um, a terrific piece of legislation that bans the declawing of cats. People would get their cats declawed just because that's what, it was like a thing. you know um, that's what you do so they don't scratch your furniture. It's actually an amputation and and God forbid if your cat gets out, you know, they don't have their natural defenses now to be able to defend themselves. Um, I, I believe that was um, Rosenthal who sponsored that bill. Um, she also has co-sponsored the anti-puppy mill legislation that has made a little bit of progress each year. But the point is that if it weren't for people with compassion saying, this is just wrong and I'm going to try to do something about it, these things would never change. Well, we had John on last week, uh, De Leonardo with Lion, and he, he was talking about, I mean, he was an integral part of getting circuses shut down because of their heinous, cruel practices. And so um, I know we have to go to break. I, I tend to do this. I apologize. I'm taking us into break. But, um, you know, when we do return, I want us to delve a little further so that people locally can understand how animal welfare is, in fact, political.
2: It is. And if, if, you know, to give a a quick answer, you know, you talk about it being 100 percent political and you talk about empathy. Well, the problem is that we don't see is political empathy. What do we see we see political capital being traded back and forth? So the puppy mills can money. It needs to be counterbalanced by political empathy. That's really what we need.
1: Exactly. All right. Um, Much more to come when we come back from break.
0: This is your professionals and animal lovers show the PALS, PALS, the S stands for show everybody in case you needed help (laughs) with that one, (laughs) so I saw some ears just sneak in and we do have a rule here on the program, the rule is if you show up, you must introduce yourself, Valerie, who is that?
1: Joby says
0: hi, what's up Joby dog, what's up baby, (laughs) how are we doing? (laughs)
1: He has to make his uh, his weekly appearance, and uh, yeah, he he starts huffing. I don't know if you can hear it. He starts huffing. He goes huff huff huff. <laughs> he knows. You know, I love me on the show. <laughs> show
0: man, what do you think, Ma? You think I don't know the show's on right now? So, <laughs> well, during the break, so this is Pal's Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. Aaron Eaton Meyer is here, uh, partner at the law firm of Gottlieb Ostrager. And uh, we were just showing some pictures during the break. So who are I saw you? I know I recognize you in those pictures. But who <laughs> who are the other characters in those pictures that we showed on on Facebook?
2: Well, I, I saw my cat, Blakeney. Um, and there's a funny story behind that picture. I was I was leaning. I was leaning my head on my hand and I was looking at something on my phone. And he likes to just come up and, you know, headbutt me, uh, which is occasionally painful. But, you know. <laughs> and that time I said, you know what, I'm getting a picture of it because for going back 10 years, I went my, I met my wife on uh, Match.com and I put three pictures up. One was, a, was me speaking at some conference. One was me playing basketball. And the other was me trying to take a selfie from my computer, which I've still never mastered. And that picture was it ended up being Blake me mid headbutt. And I- I'm pretty yeah. sure. Pretty sure that's what got me my wife. So wow. uh, Definitely.
1: Definitely. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: glad I asked that
0: question, man. That's a great yeah. answer. <laughs> oh, you wow. know,
1: there's something about the cell phones, I don't know what it is. Even it even if they're not on, like even if it's a black screen, they love to like attack it. Not not in a way that where they want to destroy it, but it feels good to them. They headbutt it. Sometimes mine will try to like chew on it a little. Um, anyway, that's adorable though. Um, So circling back to the, the issues. So this is something I want to also point out to anyone who may not know. Again, I did not know this like five years ago. I lived in the town of Hempstead at the time. I did not even know that they had a shelter. Now I realize that every, every township or municipality has to have a shelter. They actually have to because if you think about it, it makes sense. Like, where do you turn if, uh, you know, you are, if you lost your your dog or um, if you find a stray animal, um, who do you call? So there are municipal shelters all over the place. And this is the part I also didn't know is that they're all government funded. So it's your tax dollars that are funding everything within those walls. So one of the Parts that drives me crazy personally is knowing that many of these jobs, um, I always thought that if you worked at an animal shelter, you loved animals. I mean, it just seems like a natural flow of events, but that's not necessarily the case. And many of these jobs, and it's not just Hempstead. I mean, we can look at the Manhattan, NYC, um, AC&C shelter, town of Oyster Bay. These jobs are often given to people not based on merit. They're, they're given to people based on their connections. And I mean, case in point, the, the most jaw-dropping hire I've ever seen happened within the Hempstead Shelter where they hired for a very crucial position, the trainer, um, the person who's in charge of evaluating the animals and also improving and rehabilitating or modifying their behavior. They hired the least qualified yet highest bidder. And I'll say that again because it still blows my mind and to this day nobody can answer why the least qualified, in fact she was so inexperienced and this is not personal, this is just fact. She she did not even meet the bare minimums. She did not have the certification required at the time of the first of her first application. So they postponed hiring her until she passed the test. And her competitor had decades of experience, had had tons of certifications, twice the amount of insurance. I can go on forever. And they went with the least qualified person who wanted about a 40 percent and got a 40 percent higher salary cap. Is that not absurd? I'm trying to think of any other example. Would you choose your doctor that way? Hey, honey, let's go to this doctor. It's actually going to cost us more but he's got a lot less experience. How, how does that work? Anybody, painting your house, you get three bids. Do you ever say, we're going to go with the highest person who just started? It's a-
2: wouldn't, It wouldn't happen anywhere else. But unfortunately in the town, that's what happens all over the place. Um, and it's, and it, it's a double whammy because that it's not just that, but you also have town workers who are dedicated, who are hardworking, and then they're do all the work. You know, how many many departments do we have that are functionally understaffed because they've been diverted or because you have some political event? Or, you know, it's all over the place. I mean, it's
1: true. It is true. Oh, I think we froze for a second. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. No, no, not at all. And I apologize. Um, I think I lost your last sentence, though. Tommy, did you hear it or should he repeat I think we're good. I think we're just getting to a point
0: where, you know, sharing with people, which which is probably a lot of what people already realize, that there's a lot of uh, uh, nepotism, that there's a lot of, of deals that... And this is one man's opinion, Yang. I'm just saying this is what I'm hearing, though, that that things happen for reasons that are not the most appropriate reasons. And, and we're not seeing the people who are the most effective and the most qualified put in positions. We're seeing people put in positions for other reasons. And as a taxpayer here on Long Island to hear that, you know, we're paying more for service and getting less of a service, <laughs> but we're paying a premium for subpar product. Although, yes. unfortunately, it doesn't surprise me, it certainly makes me angry. So how do we fix things like that, Aaron? I mean, obviously, you're you're running for office, or, or Val, I mean, from your perspective, what have you seen? How do we change things like this?
1: Well, in my opinion, the easiest thing to do is look at everyone's, um, history and resumes and ascertain whether or not, I mean, like, you know how it is when you hire someone, it doesn't mean that you, you, you're married. It's not etched in stone that that's who you have to have in your, um, as your staff forever. So they could easily make changes, but now it's gotten so complex also because now, this is a case in point, um, there's a personal injury lawsuit going on. And the reason that this occurred is because this family, imagine this, Tommy, they adopted a dog. They went to visit it several times. The dog was adoptable. They were told that someone told them that this was the, the poster poster dog for the shelter. And they did not disclose to the family that this dog had been reported as a suspected animal abuse case. So four days after they adopted it, it was the day after Christmas, this dog attacked the owner and broke both of her arms. And she had to have multiple surgeries. Oh,
0: my God. This
1: dog should not really have been put up for adoption just to go into someone's house. This dog needed really special behavior modification to work with, maybe just rescues. I could again, I apologize. I can go on forever on this issue. But the point is this. How much does this lawsuit now cost the taxpayer? Top up because now the town has to defend it so it's on top of its insult to injury because you you hired poorly and now all the taxpayers are paying for that but no one more than the the person who sustained those injuries she could have been killed that's the facts
0: it's concerning aaron what what do you have to say about this type of stuff So we'll go back uh, with Aaron when you're ready to jump back in I think we uh, lost you there There we go, I think I got you now
2: Yeah that's the problem with these uh, Doing it over the internet You never know when uh, something yeah. will hit But yeah speaking to that And that's that's the problem It comes down to what are the priorities Right The animal shelter has a budget of Five and a half million dollars okay? Millions Millions million. Most of that goes to salary, right? We have a full-time town vet. We have other personnel. I don't accept that a lot of this stuff can't be done properly, timely, because of staffing or any other such issues. I, I, I just, I can't accept that. Um, and there's no excuse for that. That's the other half of it. You know, when, when you need to allocate resources, you have to do it. And you have to do it properly, not wait until there's a lawsuit and then say, well, we're going to float a bond to cover the $2 million that this is going to now cost taxpayers that we're not going to put in the budget because we're claiming that we're lowering taxes. And that's the old bait and switch. Mm. Well, it's fine. Your taxes aren't going up. they are going down. But by the way, we also just put this uh, $20 million bond that's going to come due in 30 years. And, you know, just don't pay attention to that. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Re- ridiculous and you know forget as an animal lover as a lawyer the thought of telling people well everything is fine and then pushing the can down the road kicking it down the road like that no 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 that, that's not responsible and then you you know so that's that's your your starting point and then from there when you factor in the fact that that these are animals they have no say in this they have no 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 discretion they they're the victims for lack of a better word you know yeah I, yep. There's there's no justification for that. There are excuses, but there, there's no justification.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm sure you already knew that. Um, but, you know, just case in point, before we go to break, I am still blown away by the fact that there was this famous kill the kitty video that came out of the town of Hempstead. Someone secretly videoed the staff celebrating the fact there was a kitten on a catchpole and this kitten was about to be euthanized. And they chanted. It was it was harrowing, like something from Lord of the Flies. Kill the kitty, kill the kitty. Well, guess what? Someone who was in that video after that was exposed got promoted. They're still there working at this animal shelter. It's obscene. I can't even handle it. I'm gonna pop a blood vessel one day. I know it.
0: Oh now, now calm down. We need <laughs> we need you. Samantha Marino's checking in on on Facebook and she's saying, great job, pals. Keep it up. I can't have you blowing a blood vessel in your head and then you can't be on the show. I can't do that.
1: I think a lot of people might watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please take care of yourself, Valerie. We need you. We need you. The animals need you. <laughs> let's let, let's take a quick break, everybody. The silliness shall ensue when we come back, but there will be some seriousness as well i'm going to share another picture with you guys at the break and uh then aaron can tell us who's in the picture when we come back we'll be right back this is professionals and animal lovers show talkradio.nyc right back
4: howdy i am joseph franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast gateway to the smokies it airs on talkradio.nyc every tuesday night from 6 p.m to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on TalkRadio.nyc. Are
3: you a
2: cannabis enthusiast? A cannabis professional? or interested in entering the cannabis space. I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Paco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC,
4: Planet Paco Lolo, a less taboo view.
0: This is Pal's professional animal lover show. I'm Tommy D. Tommy D. a nonprofit sector connector. Three words for you: transparency, accountability, and representation. Without those three things, elected officials do not merit their positions. We have an uncaring and inhumane local government, and that is something that I cannot abide. That is our guest, Aaron Eaton Myers. Quote right there. We did see a picture of. I. I we'll get into. I think it was Cosmo. I think uh, Cosmo was the dog we were showing you guys during the break. I'll have Aaron talk about that real quick. But then I really want to get into those three words because we're talking about it now. We're talking about how how local government is broken in a lot of ways. And, and you know, nepotism and favoritism and, and other isms that might be a problem. So why don't we tell me about Cosmo real quick, because it sounds like he he was
2: your, your wife took him in. Tell us that story quick and then let's get into these uh, these three important words. Yeah, he was my wife's dog. She um, got him as a puppy, you know, years before we met. He was a, a Katrina dog that you know made his way up to uh, to Michigan where she was living. And uh, uh, when when we met, um, our first date ended up spanning an entire weekend in three parts, and really the breaks were because she had to go home to make sure that Cosmo was okay. Uh, you know, he was the 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 best dog. Um, you know, the kids loved him. The cat loved him. He did not love the cat quite as much, but you know, <laughs> the cat ate his food. I you know I understand that. Um, and he's the reason that our kids keep asking for a dog now. Which um, you know, I'm still a little allergic to them too. Um, <laughs> but it's it's going to happen. He was again. You know, you, you talk about animals that they, all they need is is a good home. You know, all they need. You know, some some need something else, but for a lot of them. They just need a loving home, you know. And he was uh, he was a mush. It was beagle lab mix. Thought he was a lab. Um, unfortunately, he had beagle legs, so he wasn't really <laughs> or anything else. But um, yeah, and he let me carry him around the house sometimes. Um, I just had to be concerned because he would pass gas. And uh,
1: oh, those are the not
2: worst. He didn't want the to be worst.
1: <laughs> somebody they somebody should warn us that they're they're like a hundred times worse than human. Uh,
0: where else can you can you get politics and fart jokes in power where else but here on the professionals and animal lovers show somewhat professional i guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just the truth (laughs) oh my god oh so good oh my goodness
0: Um, let's talk about that stuff valerie talk to talk to talk about this transparency accountability representation let's let's jump into that stuff
1: uh, I mean, I think my first—I think it starts with transparency. I think, yeah, probably. Let's talk about that. So, yeah, transparency. What does that mean to you, Aaron?
2: Well, what what is transparency? Uh, you know, at its most basic level, when you're talking about local government, you know, town board meetings—they have to be open by law, and things are supposed to be discussed openly, right? That—that's the law is designed so that the public is supposed to be informed. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's not what happens. Okay, what do we get? We get, um, you know, no, no real dial, never dialogue between two board members. We never get real debate on the merits. And when people have the audacity to speak up, they're ignored. I mean, the the first. Or
1: insulted or insulted.
2: Or worse. Yeah. Yeah. The first post that I made for my campaign, I was not planning it, uh, but I happened to see a board meeting and a woman got up. Um, and was was crying to them you know pleading with them to do something anything and there was just no reaction none that's not acceptable and when it comes to government that's that's what transparency means it means where's the money going and why just posting a resolution three days before and hoping nobody pays attention is the opposite of what it's supposed to do you're supposed to post it you're supposed to let people be encouraged to come and speak on that and then when they do you're supposed to acknowledge it and respond transparency also means and again this is why i keep i keep mentioning all three at the same time transparency leads to accountability
3: mm-hmm.
2: but if there's no transparency and you don't know what's going on how can you hold them accountable i can't even tell you about many of the line items in the animal shelter budget and that's not because i can't figure things out believe me i can figure out you know economic records from halfway around the world, and yet I don't have enough information to make certain statements about, you know, line items in the town shelter? That's ridiculous. And
1: I got to I, I ask you
0: a question. So maybe I'm naive or just unaware, but why is this the way it is? Is it because folks are just waiting for their next campaign, their next run? They want to stay in office? Is it, is it they just not really care? Well, what, in your, again, it's your opinion, but I, I think you're more
2: knowledgeable about this than some of us who are, are listening into this. Well, I mean, it depends how cynical you want me to be. Um, but, you know, I, I tend to look at it more pragmatically. They don't care because they don't have to care. That's, that's the, the bottom line. You know, when, when you're dealing with politics and you're dealing purely with politics, and this is why we talked about political empathy before, which is almost never there. When you're looking at things just as a matter of political capital being transferred back and forth, right? Then what are you going to talk about? There's no benefit to going into these issues, to raising matters that people can jump on and then come back to more or less haunt you, whether it's deserved or not. It's easier to say nothing, or speak in generalities, or say thank you. We'll, we'll you know, we'll get back to you, right? I mean, that's it's a cop out but it's effective. And I think that's really what it is. And it's, it's a function of politics and it's a function of having a board that is unified for all intents and purposes. When you keep voting seven, nothing on everything, that's, that's not open government.
1: Well, also I, I want to jump back to the woman that you were talking about because I think it leads to a valid point here. Um, her name is Maria from Oceanside and um this woman had been going to every single town board meeting for a year in an effort to find her lost cat, which she was not giving up on. And they absolutely cold shouldered her. It was just gut wrenching to watch. She was in tears, and there is dead silence on on the the elected officials' side. No one's saying, "Look, we're going to continue to look. We're going to help you. We're going to do whatever it takes." Fast forward to. A meeting finally occurred, which she had been begging for for a year with the shelter staff and director. So what comes out of that meeting? When she went there, it's not their policy, if you lost your pet, to show you every single animal that's there. It's it's sickening, but that's the truth. So in other words, after a year of her cat missing, she finds out that she wasn't shown every cat every time that she went to the shelter, looking for her, for her pet. That's heartbreaking. And that's why I feel they don't want the transparency. Plus they know this is just the hard reality. Most people don't pay attention to their local government. So if more people did, more people would be outraged on behalf of that woman and more people would be outraged over that very cruel, uh, you know, and just, Lacking
0: common sense. Oh, but, but where's the? You see, this is where I get cranky now because where's the compassion? That's someone's family member. If someone's child. That's, right. That's right. So, but right. so, so forget policies. Like, how does a human being who sees a woman come up and lost her cat or lost a dog? How how do you have? Where, where is your sense of? You used the word empathy earlier, Aaron. You know, but where is your just basic human? Decency and compassion for another person. If you, if, even if you don't like animals, there's a person saying, "I lost my cat. I love this animal," and you're saying, "There's a good chance, Valerie, if I'm hearing it correctly, that that animal was in the building somewhere." You know, oh, a
1: very good chance. A and they, very and very
0: just she, they didn't show. But see, that's to, to me like. Why even have a policy? Are they just lazy? Are you just spiteful, mean human beings? Like what? I, that's that's a stupid policy. <laughs> just show.
1: It's a horrible have, policy. And your it's not, cat back. And it's not the first time we had it on video where this couple's dog went missing. Their dog was deaf, and he was also microchipped. Dog being chaos out of Freeport. The couple went to the shelter physically three days in a row, and they were told. No such animal that fits this description has come through these doors. No, 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 your dog's not here. Finally, another advocate who was going door to door like an investigator figured out that the cops took the dog to the shelter three days prior, and he was there the entire time. Every single time that couple went there, he was there, but he was in an area that wasn't, uh, it's not public. So, and he was microchipped. So that's really, you know, like a, a double whammy of, of just it was terrible. But when and so now they find out their dogs there, they want their dog back. And it was the most unapologetic, non-remorseful interaction.
0: You just say, here's your dog. It was not not yeah, like
1: basically like "Yeah, We missed the chip. And uh, yeah, but, you know, you want your dog back because we have them.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I would lose my mind. I would lose my mind. Uh, Oh, so real quick, back to transparency. This is another thing that um, really needs to be brought out. So the power of FOIL, right? Again, never foiled before, maybe four years ago. But um, FOIL, for anyone who's not aware, it's the freedom of of information law, which every single taxpayer is entitled to. So you can request whatever information you want. Um, We know a developer, his name is Charles, Every time he goes to purchase a property, he foils that property and he looks for liens and things like that. So with the shelter, you know, and and any uh, transparency issue, foil is a really important part of how government is supposed to work. And I'm saying supposed to, because that's another part of the town that is just, I mean, blatant disregard for foil law. And it is law. So... It took me over a year after I had a simple policy request. I asked for a copy of their case of emergency policy and fire policy. And after a year of being told that, you know, they're working on it, they're updating it, et cetera. Finally, someone else took it to court and won to find out that it doesn't exist. I mean, Again, you, we can't have accountability if people are just going to lie through their teeth, drag their feet, not comply with things like FOIL law. There is no accountability then.
2: That's absolutely right.
0: Now you got me all angry and frustrated, and I'm going to stamp my feet in the attic and the whole thing. <laughs> uh, Now I'm fired up. We got to take a quick break. I got to cool off a little bit. Aaron, Val, and Tom. We'll be right back. Professionals and Animal Lovers show. Oh, before we go, one last thing. Uh, Ilana Meyer says that Cosmo was the best dog ever. That's what she's telling us. Shout out, Ilana. Thanks for checking in on Facebook. We're going to go to a quick break. Pals, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic This is pals. We're back. Valerie um, and Aaron and I are here, and you don't see us yet because I'm just sharing Aaron Eaton Myers' uh, Facebook page for Hempstead Town Council Fourth District. And there are those three words again: transparency, accountability, and representation. So check in with Aaron if you are a pal of ours. Then you should be a pal of his.
1: <laughs> so while we're on break, I just need to tell you guys this because this is just case in point, and this is like. This happens almost, yeah, several times a week, I would say. You know, last week it was about a puppy that was being locked up in the back and um, not out on the adoption floor, and he was an eight-month-old French bulldog puppy. Today, just now, I get these messages several times a week. I want you to hear this. Cat needs placement or rescue help. Can anyone help the cat out? She is on the street in a feeder's colony wearing a frayed collar her ear is tip indicating she has been spayed the town of hempstead is not taking any cats due to the hoarding situation now let me explain real quick uh, there was a hoarding house that the town refused to help for years there was almost 100 cats inside of that house and the town of hempstead ignored all of these complaints from the neighbors it smells like cat piss all over the neighborhood It literally is, uh, there's, there's dead animals here, and for four or five years, these neighbors went ignored. So now they were forced to take action because the house was condemned, and those cats went to the shelter. However, they also just boasted about the fact, the shelter's Facebook page, that they got almost all of those cats adopted. So why aren't they helping this new cat that clearly needs help in the street fighting to survive? Stuff that makes me crazy. This happens all the time? All the time.
0: Now, what was that zone you called a feeding zone or feeding? What was? What did you say there?
1: Someone's probably putting. They probably have a primary feeder, primary source of food, and there's probably someone who's feeding other cats as well. And hopefully, they're taking care of them so that they don't reproduce. But um, you know, look, this happened to me. This is where it gets it hits home because. When I lived in Baldwin, I found a cat on the street. He clearly needed medical. And um, I called uh, the shelter. They sent someone from animal control. The guy didn't even get within five feet of this cat. He just said, oh, she's old. And he started to go back into the van. And I lost my mind because I had already promised the cat I had on video that we were going to get her the help she needed. Um, So he left. And I was bawling. I mean, I knew this cat wasn't going to make it, but um, I raised a lot of, I raised hell, basically. And we were able to, like 10 o'clock at night, get another ACO who came and took the cat and brought it to the emergency vet. And they did help her. And then Barry and I fostered her for three months. She went from six pounds to 10 pounds. And then we found her the perfect home. But it shouldn't be this hard.
2: It shouldn't. There's no good reason for that. And, you know, this is, I I said earlier about how, you know, the shelter's budget is opaque. Well, you know, the county's tried to audit the shelter and they couldn't even find things like records of employees logging in and out of work. So, you know, you don't have basic information like that. Something's off. You
1: can't. Sorry, Tommy, an ACO, it's a good question. It's animal control officer. So those are the people that get called if there's a stray dog or you know um or there's a cat you know in roaming in my backyard
0: or whatever is that like, is that like the dog catcher like
1: from, uh, yeah yeah basically
0: like, from like annie remember annie when like a little often annie and she had that sandy dog and she's like sandy. Yes. And like the, <laughs> the dog catcher was like and she, like sandy and annie were talking and she convinces sandy to come to her and it wasn't even sandy wasn't even a name she's made it all up. if you haven't seen annie i'm sorry gang spoiler alert the movie's 40 years old i'm sorry if you haven't seen it yet
1: I definitely didn't see the. Movie. I actually saw the the Broadway show. I remember, but oh, I don't.
0: Oh my god, it's a classic! Yeah, just talk to my kids. All four of them will tell you. My dad cries at the movie Annie, and I do <laughs> because, because I'm a big mush like Cosmo. So I, <laughs> I I cry at that movie, gang. So well, there it is. The whole internet knows. Tommy cries at Annie.
1: <laughs> I need to also uh, just say this one thing. Um, I didn't know Aaron until this year after I heard that he was uh, running. And every time I got to chat with him, whether it was online or on the phone, and you just really end up liking him that much more. And the thing about this is I remember that uh, he did something so different, right? I was making the case as to why the town um, really needed to reinstate their TNR program, Trap Uno Returned which was always very successful. And I said, listen, you know, it might be really helpful since it's an election year, you know, can you make a video and put a little pressure on them and all of that. And not only did he do it, but which right there is like a small miracle in our world. Cause we never get anywhere. Right. But, um, he did it in a way and he said, look, this, it was April, I believe. And he said, let's take this issue off the table. I don't want this to be a political issue. You know, let's just do the right thing, get this program back reopened, and even bulk it up because now we're going to have a ginormous problem, um, which is now rearing its its ugly head. Uh, But it's just refreshing to see someone who's actually not really caring about, politically, is this smart? You know, is this going to actually... Go against me because if, if the town does the right thing then i don't have this ammunition against them you know what i mean and like it's really not like that with him he's just trying to get good things done
3: so
0: so when uh, this is uh election day is coming up
1: this, days away.
0: this is how long couple weeks
1: 12 days
0: well 12, 12 days so this is yeah. this, this is right here so uh Rock the yeah. vote, rock the vote, get out <laughs> and, and you know, choose your, uh, make your choice, make your choice known. Counselor, what else do you have for us? We're going to draw this program to a close in a few minutes now. Where do you want to leave the people with and how do they, you know, follow you and connect with you
2: and things like that? Well, you know, my, my Facebook page, uh, Aaron Etan Meyer for uh, Hempstead 4th District or something, something like that. I don't know. I don't <laughs> read what I write. Uh, I don't listen to myself when I talk either, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's the best way. Um, you know, you can also reach me at Meyer Four Hempstead town council at Gmail. Uh, that's the number four. Uh, and I think I'm pretty responsive. Um, you know, my wife, Ileana has actually been going around town, delivering signs to everybody who wants one, even though signs don't vote, but you know what Neither to animals and they still matter. Uh, By the way, not comparing animals to signs. Let's be very clear (laughs) about that. Uh, Not at all. But, you know, if you want one thing, what I'm offering is not politics as usual. I I am very much offering the opposite. I'm, I'm concerned with things that matter, the things that should matter, right? I don't have political capital. I don't need political capital. I don't want political capital. I want to see the right things done. I was happy to make that video. I would have been thrilled. I would have thanked them publicly for just allocating extra resources to TNR when they were needed then, okay? And it didn't happen. So that's your contrast right there. I'm not going to go negative. You know, if people are already frustrated, they already know about that. What they need to know is I'm not offering to just feed on that frustration. I'm not interested in that. I'm offering solutions. I've got a lot of them up. You know, I've got some really, really lengthy Facebook posts. I know uh, many people don't want to read them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'm putting out ideas. I'm putting out suggestions. And they're not all mine either. You know, I'm, I'm not the first one to say, hey, you know, ramp up uh, personnel during kitten season for TNR. I, I, they don't have to be my ideas. My ego isn't in this. And it won't be in this. Yeah. If you have a great idea. Let me help. That's what I'm running for. I want to see the right thing done. And I'll give credit. I will happily give credit to whoever actually does it. That's what matters. And that's where we come to the final part of my whole campaign trio, representation. When you represent, when you're on a council, you're accountable to the people. You're supposed to work with them because you work for them. That's what we don't have. That's what I want to bring. Now, people might get very sick of me explaining things. That's fine, too. That happens to me all the time. I've had judges say, "Counselor, I'm I'm ruling in your favor, but I don't want to read your papers and I don't <laughs> want to hear them in minutes." minutes. I have had that literally happen to me. <laughs> Wrap it up, yeah,
0: like like the Dave Chappelle thing. Wrap it up, yeah. I I listen, counselor. I I am in I, I'm in awe of what you're doing. The Long Island Railroad is so excited; it's tooting its horn for you. Everybody's excited for you. Uh, I, I have to call it out because it keeps showing up. So uh, um, I look forward to meeting you in the real world, and, and you know when we're not staring at screens. Uh, I, I I don't say good luck because I don't really believe in luck. I say good skill. So I wish you good skill over the next couple of weeks in 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 your uh, your campaign. And um, we're we're just thrilled to have you. I, I love that you're. It's a breath of fresh air because you know it sounds like, and I'm, these are my own words, but nobody owns you, man. You don't even you're you're not looking to. You're just looking to make change, and isn't that refreshing? I, I'm, I'm certainly refreshed by it. I'm thrilled to have you on the program. We gave Iliana did share on Facebook how to get uh, how to track you down. So Aaron Eaton Meyer for Hempstead Town Council Fourth District, it's all there. But if you look on the uh, link for this show, you can find it there. Val, what do you want to say before I bring us home?
1: I I really just love this show so much, and I can't even tell you, Aaron, how delighted I was that you said yes, and I thank you for accepting the invitation.
2: Thank you both for having me. This I, I will say good
1: luck just because I say that, but I, <laughs> it's the bottom of my heart.
0: <laughs> I'll take both. You got good yeah. luck and good skill. You get them both here at PALS. This is a professionals and animal lover show every Tuesday, 2 p.m. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals, stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. Bye.
4: Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.